It's that time, the Betting Predators Podcast, where our main objective is hunting down the best bets for you. I'm your host, Sleepy J. You guys can find me on Twitter at SleepyJ underscore pregame. Joined here by the football fanatics, football gurus. Got Uncle Dave in the house. You guys can find him on Twitter at Dave underscore Essler. Also have Steve Reeder in the house. You guys can find him at Avoid the Vig. You guys can find us on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. All right, guys, here we go. NFL week number 12. Uh, before we go ahead and jump into the podcast, I just want to say hopefully all you guys have a happy and safe Thanksgiving. Uh, let's go ahead and jump into this card. Guys, we're going to go ahead. We're going to preview five games for you once again. Uh, myself, Steve, Uncle Dave, we're going to break down the Titans and the Patriots game first. Uh, Uncle Dave, this is your New England Patriots. Patriots playing very well right now. They're going to be a six and a half point favorite here at home. We have a total of 44 and a half. Uncle Dave, I'll save you till last. I'm going to throw it over to Steve first. Steve, how are you feeling about the Titans and Patriots this week? Uh, the Titans, 8-3, and three, you know, on paper, they look fantastic. But when you dig a little bit deeper, they're actually negative net YPP. And it's probably square to pile on Tennessee after an embarrassing loss to Houston. But this team is decimated with injuries. You know, we don't really know what's up with AJ or Julio. Are, are, is either one of them going to play? Uh, and, and conventional wisdom says no position player can be valued greater than a point, point and a half. But in this matchup against Belichick, the loss of Henry, Henry, I think, is actually more than that. You know, even if he was in the game, it would open up the passing game because Belichick would be able to have to focus on shutting him down. Now, really, Belichick can pick his poison. This is the type of coach that can take away whatever you want to do. So I think this is a a great matchup for the Patriots. And I think it puts Tennessee uh, behind the eight ball for sure. New England has been rolling. They have five wins in a row, five straight covers, 10 days to prepare. Um, on a Thursday night, you know, they're at home, which is obviously an advantage in that respect. Uh, the season-long numbers for New England are misleading because they were still figuring it out. They had that rookie QB. So many people were off last year, whether they they had free agents that are coming over to New England or a lot of their players chose to sit out because of COVID. So it's taken time to acclimate. But I think we're seeing the fruits of that labor, and you're seeing New England turn into a powerhouse that really can make a run in the playoffs. Um, you know, I'm ready to crown Mac Jones as the offensive rookie of the year. And it, it has only partial to do with the fact I'm holding a ticket. Um, I certainly have not, I haven't played it yet, but I am certainly, it's a heavy lean to the Patriots laying six points here. All right, Steve, going to go ahead and jump on the Patriots laying a six. You know, I moved the Patriots defense to, uh, believe it or not, number one in the league. Patriots defense, they've allowed a grand total of 13 points over the last 12 quarters. So, Full three games, and what are they giving up on average? You know, just a, a touch over a point a quarter, you know, the last three weeks. I don't know how the Titans score points in this game. You know, Henry's out, Julio Jones on the IR. You know, the Titans struggled last week against the Texans' defense, and I felt like it was only a matter of time before Tennessee started to struggle on offense. And those offensive struggles coming at home, you know, for Tennessee against the Texans, you know, that kind of raises some some concerns for me. You know, the Patriots' offense right now, it's playing really well, and it's playing like it's in, in some type of a rhythm right now. Uh, their rushing attack's really good. Their passing attack is really good, and their defense is just playing great. Now, while I think the Pats can cover this game, they can go ahead and cover the six and a half. You know, I just don't see how they lose this game. So I want to erase the chance of end up winning the game and not covering this number. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to put the Patriots in a teaser, get them down to a pick em. I just need to win the game with New England. I feel really confident they'll do just that here at home. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to play the Patriots in a teaser. Uncle Dave, how about you? Titans, Patriots, what are you thinking? 
Yeah, well, I mean, I'll take the Patriots, you know, and I, and I would have without the extra rest. Uh, you know, remember, they played Thursday uh, and without the Titans losing to Houston. You know, I mean, you guys mentioned it. Don't look now, but the Patriots are atop the AFC East, and they're actually one game behind these Titans for, I believe, best record in the whole AFC. So, you know, there's a lot to play for here. And, 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 and then there's the Belichick against the Disciple thing. Uh, I know Vrabel will know how to play against New England. Uh, because of that, I think the under here is maybe pretty viable. Uh, but in fairness, I did bet the Patriots, but I bet them at minus three when it came out. Um, but just look at the Titans' last two games. You know, they barely beat a Saints team at home that was subsequently mashed by the Eagles. Then they lose a game where they held Houston to 190 yards of total offense and 3.1 yards per play. Well, how'd that happen? Four Tannehill interceptions and a fumble. Why'd that happen? Because they couldn't run the ball without Henry. Washington Tannehill to throw 52 passes. A.J. Brown, 48 yards receiving. Belichick took away Pitts. We gave out the Pitts under props last week. Zero reason to expect anything different this week. So I would look at Brown under props. You know, the Patriots do play the Bills next week. Uh, and when New England had Brady and the AFC East about clinched by now, I'd consider this a potential flat spot, but not so much here and now. So uh, I'm with you, Sleepy. I bet him at minus three. Um, they're a really safe teaser option. Uh, and I think that they probably cover the six and a half, but um, I'm not so sure. I, I mean, obviously, I don't like that as much as minus three. So I'm, I'm kind of with you that I, I think the Patriots are a, are a free teaser leg there. I mean, I can see no viable reason to get to the Titans here whatsoever. And it doesn't seem like any of us want anything to do with the Titans right now. And look, I mean, give them credit. You know, they won two games in which, you know, they had some of their star players out, but... You know, I think this is going to be a daunting task for them going on the road here, especially against the Patriots team right now. Um, that surgeon and that defense is just playing um, really well. 13 points over the last three games. I mean, that, that's pretty damn impressive to me. Let's go over to the Bucks and the Colts. Bucks going to be a minus two and a half point road favorite here. We have a high total on this one at 52. Guys, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to play the under. Now, I have both the Colts and the Bucks inside the top seven uh, in my defensive rankings. The Bucks. You know, they got some guys back in the secondary, and they were missing for a little while. And I think that the the return of those guys showed up here on Monday Night Football against the Giants, and the secondary is certainly in a better place now. Daniel Jones had just 167 passing yards on 38 attempts on Monday night. You know, I don't think Frank Reich is going to put Carson Wentz in a situation to, to have to lean on him to go ahead and throw the ball all game long. And I, I kind of don't think that you need to when you have a running back like Jonathan Taylor. And I think the Colts probably play this one close to the vest and really just try to grind out and chew that Bucks defense up uh, as much as they possibly can. Now, I know the Bucks defense, you know, in the rushing department is very good, and it's not going to be easy to go ahead and run against them. But uh, I could just see Indy not going ahead and letting Wentz go out there and, and lose the game and make a bunch of boneheaded turnovers. Now, the Bucks offense, to me, it's good, but I think Antonio Brown being out is starting to frustrate Brady a little bit. And I could actually see maybe the Buccaneers not being able to get into an offensive rhythm uh, on the road against a good defense, you know, like like what they did on Monday night against the Giants defense. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to play this one under the 52. Uh, I think the Colts' pace of play right now is uh, actually slightly below average. It's somewhere around 15, 16, 17. And if I could get them at home, hopefully they'll set the pace. A lot of Jonathan Taylor, 
And uh, I'm just hoping and rooting that, you know, Tom Brady, I mean, I know he's throwing the ball a lot, but I'm just hoping that maybe he doesn't get uh, a chance to throw 40 times in a game and get in any type of a rhythm. So that total coming out above 51, I feel pretty good about that. So that's what I'm going to do, guys. Bucks, Colts, under 52. Throw it over to you, Uncle Dave. What do you got? Uh, well, you know, the Colts are pretty costly to bet against last week in Buffalo. I mean, I had Buffalo teased. So I'm, I'm a little miffed. I didn't go back and, and take the Colts and try to middle that. But, you know, you learn learn from something and move on. But in that game, you know, Wentz only had 106 yards passing. Why? Because they ran the ball for 264 yards. You know, I, I know Josh Allen had a terrible game, but much of that was a result of him having to play from behind. Uh, although I've never had the highest opinion of him anyway, right? at least not MVP opinion like some people do. So fast forward to the Bucks, and you know, arguably they have the best run defense in the NFL. So the Colts are not going to run for 264 yards, and if they're going to win uh, or be competitive, Wentz is going to have to throw the ball uh, for more than 106 yards. Yeah, I know it's a home game for the Colts, but on paper that's their only advantage. I think you know the Bucks minus two and a half, minus three is a bit troubling. You know, they're certainly not going to make the Bucks underdogs just based on perception. And, you know, this is saying that these teams are essentially even on neutral field. And, you know, clearly they're not. The Bucks, the Bucks are a better team. So is this a gift or a trap? Or, you know, is this setting up as another public versus sharp money game? I, I think it will be. You know, honestly, I've been off the Colts bandwagon for quite some time. Uh, and Wentz is going to have to throw. So I simply have to trust that he makes more good ones than bad ones. Uh, and if there were ever a game, I think that a team was, in my mind, totally dependent on a quarterback. You know, they're always dependent on the quarterback. But, you know, I think if the Colts are going to be competitive, it's going to have to be Wentz. Uh, this is it for the Colts. So I think I'll probably bite the forbidden fruit and, and trust Wentz this one time. Uh, it, I'm going to wait and see if I can get a little bit better line. But I also think that the Colts teased up is probably not the worst parlay leg as well. And I do agree with you, Sleepy, that you know we're not going to see a shootout. I leaned in your direction there, Uncle Dave. I was looking at the Colts, and I'm like, boy, this looks like a, a pros versus Joes kind of wager here. Yeah. And I'm looking at the Colts, and I'm like, you know what? You know, this is a team in the beginning of the year that you know many of us were were kind of high on. It was like, all right, they got Wentz, they got Hilton, they got Pittman, they got a good running back, good defense. And look, they've won six out of their like last eight games, and the two games that they lost. They came against good teams, and they came both in overtime. I mean, this team, rightfully, I mean, they could be on an 8-0 and run, you know, if, if things, you know, kind of fell their way, you know, in the OT losses that they suffered. But still, uh, I think this Colts team has really turned around. I think Wentz has gotten kind of in a groove there with Frank Reich. So uh, I don't hate to play there, Uncle Dave. I leaned that way uh, when I first saw this play here. So uh, I, I, I'm kind of with you with that. How about you, Steve? How are you feeling about the Bucks and Colts? You guys took a lot of the notes that I had on it. I mean, ultimately, Tampa had an ugly bookend to their buys, right? They lost to New Orleans going into the buy and surprisingly to Washington on the way out, uh, much to my chagrin because I had a Tampa ticket on that one. And not only did they crush the Giants last night, they also got their offensive coordinator fired. Uh, so Tampa is an enigma to me. I, I really, I, I still have them comfortably at the top of the NFL rankings for me. Um, and, and Indy is on the rise. Uh, Indy is certainly a more desperate team because they need the playoffs like blood. Uh, they ran off three in a row, won five of the last six. They finally get to 500. You know, we've talked about it several times, so I won't go too poetic going into it. But they had a lot of injuries coming into the season. And now you're seeing those things, the cohesion and, and the people getting healthy 
uh, and you see them playing better. Uh, Jonathan Taylor has been a workhorse. Carson Wentz has been serviceable. Um, if the defense can stay healthy, they're formidable. I mean, Sleepy, you mentioned that they're, they're high in your rankings. Um, Tennessee had a commanding lead in their division, and they currently sit at 8-3, and three, but there's still blood in the water here. I mean, they, 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 Tennessee doesn't look great. They're, they're a mess right now. So I don't think the Colts are, are giving up on the division, let alone the playoffs at this point, and with the way they're playing, nor should they. Uh, conversely, Tampa is sitting fairly comfortable for the playoff bid, but they can't rest on their laurels either. Their home field advantage is extremely important in the playoffs to this team. They're five and zero at home. They're two and three on the road, and they're still a game and a half back from uh, Arizona. Uh, so they have a lot of ground to make up. So they can't really take this game lightly either. Uh, considering this game is in Indy, uh, that Tampa Bay needs to show they can win on the road. I, I can't. I can't find myself biting either team. What you guys have said as far as the under for the play and then teasing the Colts back up on that low total, if we're expecting it to go under, I do think there's some merit there. Right now I'm passing the game. All right, so Steve's going to go ahead and pass. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, I will say this, you know, and Steve, you mentioned that uh, Wentz has been, you know, somewhat serviceable. But if you look at his stats throughout the season, I think he's rated like, you know, the 12th overall quarterback in the league. And, no, that's something that I called for in the beginning of the year. You know, when he came to this team, I said this is going to be a good spot for him. And and I I thought Philadelphia was a was a fine spot for him. And I thought that had he stayed, he would have ended up uh, having a pretty damn good year um, there as well. I think a lot of it just had to do with the the coach that was there in Philadelphia. Look, I think Wentz is you know a little bit better than serviceable, and I think he's showing that, uh, avoiding a lot of the mistakes that we saw in Philadelphia. And I I think you know this is going to be a game in which you know, he has to show up and he can't look like, you know, that guy, you know, in Philadelphia because those uh, those type of outings are, are what, you know, kind of stains you. And, and it's been hard for him, you know, to kind of go ahead and, and get rid of those stains that are kind of on his uh, on his resume right now. But I think he'll play half decent this week. Let's jump over to Chargers and the Broncos. We got the Chargers minus three in this one. We have a total of 47 and a half. Steve, uh, I won't give Uncle Dave or myself the opportunity to steal any of your stuff for this handicap. I'm going to let you go and rip a run on this one first. Chargers, Broncos, what do you got? I appreciate it, guys. Uh, you know, Ultimately, you say it better than I do, so I love going second and third here. Uh, the Chargers have had a brutal schedule to the start of the year. Uh, before last week's game against the Steelers, they had yet to be more than a three-and-a-half-point favorite. And four of those games found them at pick or catching points. Uh, under the circumstances, being six and four is nothing to scoff at. And, and there's been times where I've, I've kind of been hesitant and questioning the Chargers a little bit. Uh, but they they have the potential to be a really good team. And their offensive line that was revamped o- over the offseason, you're starting to see that solidify a little bit, keeping Herbert upright and giving him more time in the pocket. Uh, Denver, on the other hand, has Vic Dangio as their coach, who's not exactly Vince Lombardi. Uh, compared to the Chargers, they're, they're looking at the analytics. They're going for it much more frequently. They're, they're being much more aggressive, which all things equal is a net positive. The Broncos have had additional time to prepare for the game coming off the bye, and Bridgewater has been steady Teddy, uh, which is a phrase I hope I never say again. Uh, they do have KC on deck, but the Broncos can't afford a look-ahead line. They're sitting at five and a, 500. They can't look past anyone, and certainly not the Chargers. Uh, if the playoffs started today, Denver would be on the outside looking in, and there's several teams ahead of them right in that, that that area of just getting into the playoffs. So they need this game like blood. They have to be max motivated. Because of that, I make the game three. I'm going to pass it entirely. All right, Steve, going to go ahead and pass on that one. Uncle Dave, Chargers, Broncos, what do you got? Yeah, well, the Chargers defense once again fell short. I mean, 
they allowed a marginal at best Steelers offense to hang 37 on them, 27 in the fourth quarter. You know, I realize it was prevent defense time for most of the second half, but, you know, that's still pretty alarming. And they still had to come from behind to win. So, you know, before I even looked at Denver, I had to think this game was just like super draining physically and mentally to the Chargers. You know, obviously Denver had the week off to address that huge loss to the Eagles, but maybe after seeing what the Eagles did to the Saints, maybe that loss uh, that Denver had to the Eagles might not look quite so bad. I mean, it's bad, but maybe we don't throw them under the bus yet. Um, you know, and of course, any game in Denver, we have to look at the weather, especially getting into the, the early fall, late winter, depending on where you live. Uh, but as fate would have it, the weather looks kind of balmy for this time of year. Uh, and But there's still the altitude thing, and I, I think that could play a role. Uh, again, with the energy LA had to expend Sunday night. Um, anyhow, we you know we know who has the better defense, uh, but there's one thing that the Broncos' defense doesn't do well, uh, and it's bothersome to me, and that's get people off the field on third down. They're 27th in the league. Um, you know we know LA has an offense, so you know that makes me think this could be a higher scoring game. That at first glance you might think. I'm not sure the Chargers really should be favored here. It looks like it could go to minus three. Uh, which if I paid total attention to the market would give me pause. So if I'm betting the side here, I'm likely teasing Denver. But, you know, with that total dropping a bit early, I think it's making the over a lot more enticing. You know, this is a a big total for a Denver game, and Denver's only played the two overs this entire season. Uh, And it's a low total for a Chargers game, and I'm going to say it's too low. So I actually like the over here. Um, I'm going to probably be on the – on the square side here, but, you know, squares win once in a while. Uh, and if I'm betting aside straight up or, or without teaser points, I'm taking Denver, but uh, I don't know how you can't. I don't know how you can lose teasing Denver up either. I'm with you, Uncle Dave, 100% without a doubt. I'm on the over in this game. There's too many weapons on both sides. There, There's just too many holes on both of these defenses that uh, they're going to be able to stop either of these teams. You know, the Broncos, they're going to want to run in this game for sure. And you can do that against the Chargers. They have the league's worst rushing defense. And I think, you know, Herbert, with all the weapons that he has, he's going to be able to find enough holes in this Denver defense. And, you know, Denver's defense at times, you know, has looked really good and it's it's looked really bad. You know, you brought up the altitude there, Uncle Dave. I think that that probably certainly hurts the Chargers defense more than anything. And I could see the Broncos, you know, with, with Devonta Williams and Gordon, uh, you also have Sutton, you have Judy, you have Noah Fant. Like, the Broncos are actually healthy right now on the offensive side of the ball, and I think they're going to do some damage in this game. I can't see them not getting close to 27, 28 points here, and I feel the same about the Chargers getting to like 27, 28 points here. I would have been a little bit worrisome had I saw this total maybe was a little bit lower. I'd been like, all right, what am I missing here? But the fact that it was high – I'm like, it's high for a reason. And I started like really kind of just going through it and looking at it, looking at both sides, looking at the defenses. And I'm like, you know what? This game's going to go over. This is going to be a game in which, you know, a lot of people think, you know, Denver at home, low scoring game, not to be the case. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to play it over. I think there's just, I and I, I can't really find any, any reason to go ahead and play the under, um, except maybe bad quarterback play and, and just bad luck. So I think that that's the only way I could probably get knocked out of the box. So I'm with you 100%, Uncle Dave. Glad you like the over on that one. Uh, let's jump over to the Vikings and the 49ers. Uh, San Fran going to be minus three. We have a total of 48. Uh, I'll go first on this one. My first knee-jerk reaction, take Minnesota. 
And I stopped and I had to think about it. I'm like, is that right? Because that just seemed way too easy. And I'm looking, I'm like, well, San Fran's kind of in a dire situation right now. They're not out of the playoffs. You know, they're right there in the thick of it. And a win um, really helps them. And then I start looking, I'm looking at the San Fran defense. I'm like, you know what? The defense isn't all that bad. Brandon Ayuk played really well last week. Now they have Trey Sermon coming back. Still got Debo doing his thing. Kittle's back and healthy. I'm like, you know what, man? This San Fran might be the the right way to go. And I'm thinking about the Vikings. I'm like, well, the Vikings are in a dire situation too. They can't lose. And they looked really good last week. So I don't know what to do. I feel like the line's right. I feel like it's a three-point game. And San Fran probably gets a win here at home. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to pass the side. As far as the total's concerned, I'm probably going to end up passing that as well. I lean slightly to the under in that one. I just don't trust the Vikings defense, and I don't know if the 49ers with Garoppolo in this particular game, uh, if Kyle Shanahan's going to give him the keys of the Cadillac to go out there and sling it all over the field. So, uh, unfortunately for me, it's a pass on the side, pass on the total. Steve, throw it over to you, Vikings, Niners. What are you thinking? I agree with your knee-jerk reaction. Uh, Minnesota had two must-win games in a row. They rose to the occasion being the Chargers and the Packers. Uh, but both were in one-score contests, which is a little bit different than San Francisco. Uh, again, like you mentioned, must-win games. Uh, but those were kind of coasts to victories. They beat the Rams and, and Jaguars pretty handily. For whatever reason, San Francisco actually plays poorly at home and, and performs better on the road. It, to me, this is a close game. This is a one-score game. This is uh, could go a field goal either way. And, and if we're catching the hook, you know, a three-and-a-half at, at DraftKings right now, I'm on Minnesota, and I feel fine about it. I, I think it's a good bet. I only have these two teams a half point apart. I make the game two and a, uh, two, so I don't. I'm not even giving that much credit to San Francisco's home field advantage anymore because of their recent uh, lack of success. So I, I like Minnesota plus three and a half. Um, I bet it, and that's uh, my best bet for the podcast right there. You know what, Steve? The hook would have probably got me in there on the Vikings as well. Uh, what do we think about a teaser option, teasing up the Vikings? You know, getting them up over a touchdown, maybe like nine and a half points. You know, are you are you uh, in favor of that, Steve? Obviously, if you you know you like Minnesota plus three and a half. Yeah. Do you see them potentially losing by ten or more points in this game? Minnesota has been fantastic. They've had every game this year has been a one score game with the exception of one. So they have been a, a teaser dream. Unfortunately, the teasers have failed me the last couple of weeks, so I'm being really cautious about it. Uh, I typically don't tease up other than going through the three and seven. I'm one of those losers that that have that code that I don't do it otherwise. But uh, that is certainly something I, I would agree with. I mean, at this point, with this Vikings team, with the game that we expect to be close uh, coming down to the wire, getting extra points is certainly something that uh, I could I could condone for sure. That's interesting that you brought that up, too. I didn't know that, that the Vikings have actually played in that many close games uh, this season. Uh, you got to wonder if that wears on a team, you know, coming you know later on down the stretch or, or maybe potentially in the playoffs if they do get there. How are you feeling about that game, Uncle Dave? What do you got? It's a tough one. Um, you know, the Vikings tried hard to lose to the Packers, uh, but maybe finally winning a close game gives them some additional confidence because, you know, typically they don't. So I'm going to I'm gonna say maybe. Uh, and remember the last time they were on the West Coast, they beat the Chargers just two weeks ago. Uh, but every team they've lost to, I mean, all five of them were to teams with above-average defenses. So, you know, kind of where do you put the 49ers defense? Uh, uh, they're kind of average, if you ask me. Uh, to and my initial Minnesota lean, you know, the only good win the 49ers really have, I think, is their beatdown of the Rams, um, which was also a division opponent that they know really well. 
Uh, the big thing for me is that any Vikings bet probably doesn't depend on Cousins, but their defense. You know, it's a defense that's next to last in yards per rush allowed, uh, which creates a little bit of a matchup issue, obviously, because the 49ers do want to run first. Uh, and what I do like about the 49ers or any team that I bet on is their red zone offense. You know, the, the Niners are number one in TD percentage in the red zone. That's hard to ignore. Um, in the end, it's hard for me to get to the road team. Uh, initially, I thought, you know, more than I thought it would be. I think this is a game truly that's going to come down to who makes the biggest or last mistake. I mean, most NFL games actually do, uh, but this one just seems to have that written all over it. Uh, and Cousins hasn't been turning the ball over. Um, but the Vikings have far more penalties than the 49ers do, so, you know, I can't really find a super edge there. Um, you know, the Vikings, they had to expend a ton of energy beating the Packers, and San Francisco didn't expend any beating Jacksonville. But then I looked at this. The Vikings are actually 5-0 and ATS as an underdog. So uh, if it goes to 3.5 and, uh, and stays there so that I can give it out to clients, I will give Minnesota plus 3.5 after all. And I think what I like almost even more, if I were betting that total, um, I'm looking at a slow start because I do think you'll see a feeling out process in this game especially where they're not familiar opponents. So I like the first half under there quite a bit. Um, and if it does stay under um, enough of, you know, whatever the first half, if it's under by a significant amount, I'll probably look at the second half over because, you know, both of these teams really need this win. And, you know, if, it, if it's a tight game and, and the feeling out process, I think, will end in the second half. So um, that's kind of how I'm looking at it. Um, I lean Vikings plus three and a half. Um, I, I can't get to the 49ers because I don't trust them to get margin, um, but I think my, my value lies more in the total. All right, good stuff there. I think the only thing that worries me with the Vikings is the fact that that line jumped off at three. Like, that's worrisome yep, to me. Yep. That that That's what, like, kind of was like, wait a minute, and I had to rethink about it. You know, Uncle Dave, you did bring up something, too, that I want to uh, go ahead and, and throw out there, which we usually don't. Uh, if, if you guys do want to become a client of Uncle Dave's and get his best stuff, you guys can go over to pregame.com and go ahead and you could jump in there and find uh, Uncle Dave. You could also find myself. And Steve was mentioning stuff that his props were doing well. You guys can go ahead and get that uh, at bettingpredators.com. You guys could join the Discord group and you can get all of Steve and, and Chris's uh, player props which have been really profitable throughout the entire year. Uh, let's jump into the game that I'm I, – I don't even want to talk about this one, the Rams and the Packers. So my Packers last week, they go down to Minnesota. Uh, Green Bay is going to be a one-point favorite here. I was not happy about, you know, the, the outcome of that game. I thought Green Bay, you know, after that long bomb there to Scantley, I'm like, all right, finally, you're going to get another win here. Uh, not to be the case, Green Bay defense faltered there at the end. But we have a total on this one of 47 and a half. I want to find ways to get to the Rams in this game because I believe, you know, Aaron Jones being hurt and the tight end Tunyon being out and Lazard, you know, ending up on the COVID list and, or hurt or whatever. It's just like, you know, where did the Packers go? What did they do in this game? And then I look over at the Rams and I'm like, how much of a loss was Robert Woods? You know, can they take that team and bring them on the road against Green Bay in a, in, you know, Green Bay coming off of a loss. So it's tough for me to get to either team here. I really want to get to the Rams, but it's tough for me to do that because it is my Packers and it, and it is Rogers off a loss. 
And I'm sure that, you know, another game without a tight end, um, you know, and and they got like two or three guys that they've been moving in there. And actually one of their backup tight ends, Degura, uh, had a uh, had a touchdown last week. So maybe he's getting into the mix. I think Lazard will be back. So it's like, I don't know what to do. So I hate to say it. I got to pass again. And the total is the only real lean that I have. And it would be to the under in this game. Uh, I think both defenses show up uh, because they didn't show up in the last game that they played. So I, I think the defenses will be stressed upon to go ahead and uh, and step up. And I know this probably uh, – it, it's a little scary. You know, it's Rodgers against Stafford. But wouldn't you expect a total to be, you know, maybe in the 50s for this particular game and the fact that it's not? Um, it's not that I think that I'm missing something. I think both teams play – they don't. They want to play it slow. They want to play it safe. They want to make sure they don't lose this game. So I would lean to the under here, but forty-seven and a half for these two clubs. Uh, I feel like it's a little bit tight. So pass the side. Lean to the under. Uncle Dave Rams Packers. What do you got? Well, I'm kind of with you in that. Uh, honestly, I don't really know. Um, you know, the Rams with the rest against the Packers and the not so much rest after that Vikings game. Um, but two weeks ago. Uh, the Rams were seven and one, and and traded away even more of their future for Von Miller. You know, everyone penciled them in as NFC champs, and you know now they're not only behind the Cardinals in their own division, but if they lose this game, they're not even in first round bye position. And guess what? The Packers will be. So, you know, that makes this game even much more important on a bigger scale than I think just a casual fan might assume. Uh, and it's not like Green Bay's never seen Stafford before, either. Um, that was sort of. You know, is that a plus for Green Bay? You know, it could work to the Rams' advantage in some ways uh, because Stafford knows what to expect. He's played in Green Bay tons. Um, so, you know, I'm not really sure where that lies. I have to think that could be could be advantage Stafford. Um, you know, it's not going to be super cold this Sunday. So, you know, I can make a case for the Rams and I might. But, you know, look at the other side of the coin. You know, how often can you get the Packers at home in November, at home in November simply to win the game? And, you know, surprisingly, you know, statistically, actually the Packers have the better defense in a lot of key areas. Um, but, I, you know, this is another one I think it could set up to be a totally pros versus Joes game this week. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, you know, I, I think if I had to bet on it, I mean, can you see anything but a close game? Probably not. I mean, this if I had to bet on it and it, it, to pick them somewhere, I might just tease both sides to plus six and be done with it uh, because I really don't know. And, um, as far as the total goes, I'm, I'm inclined to agree with you, Sleepy, um, maybe at least for the first half, because, you know, um, I don't think anybody's going to want to make the, the mistake that cost them a game. So um, I, I'm with you and agree with most of your thoughts on the total. You know, as far as the side, you know, they're begging you to take Green Bay because people will look at it and say, Packers just a win at home. Um, but, you know, they're not that easy. And, and the market's also saying that, they'll, you know, put the brakes on there, guys. So, you know, the market's kind of, you know, the pros are kind of look like they're lining up on the Rams. And I think the Joes will kind of be on the Packers. And, you know, I, I kind of would prefer to be on the pro side, but I'm not convinced yet. So I'm going to wait and see what Steve says. And, you know, maybe not just bet the game, to be honest with you. You know, Uncle David, the more you start talking, the more I start thinking that maybe the Rams are the way to go. Because I've been trying to get there. And I think one thing that, Maybe Steve was going to bring up, but I'll bring it up here. Um, the Rams are coming off of a bye, and they're going to be rested. 
and Green Bay's going into the bye. They're coming off of a tough game against Minnesota, and they come out and they get to greet the Chicago Bears, who they just own that team. I'm going to lean slightly now to the Rams. I think the bye week has something to do um, with this line being where it's at, because I think if it were you know, kind of a neutral situation, Green Bay's probably laying two and a half points in this game, uh, maybe even potentially three, and the fact that it's just minus one, you're probably right there, Uncle Dave. They're begging you to bet the Packers in. You know, I don't want anything to do with the Packers. I just want to find myself on the right side, on the right team. And I actually think the bye weeks play into this quite a bit. So uh, I'll go ahead and I'll lean here now to the Rams. So I'm glad you brought up a couple of those points there, Uncle Dave. Uh, thanks for that. How about you, Steve, Rams, Packers? What are your thoughts? I agree completely with you guys. I mean, ultimately, this is a side that I want to end up on the Rams. Uh, I have them even teams. Packers are at home. Uh, they get For me, it, it's the most valuable home field advantage in the league. It, it, I give them two and a half points. So my power ratings, I'm looking at the line and I'm thinking, all right, Rams should be getting two and a half, and they're not. They're getting one. Uh, you know, Obviously, you have to lay more to get a teaser through the advantage teaser option there. But the, this is a little bit surprising. I, I think you mentioned the sharps and squares earlier. I mean, that's exactly what's going to end up happening on this one. I mean, the Packers are eight and three. Uh, the Rams are off two double-digit losses to the Titans and the Niners. Um, you know, I don't think that's forgotten. They lost Woods, like you mentioned. So I, I think from a public perspective, this is certainly something that you want to back Rodgers. You could even justify, hey, listen, the Vikings uh, barely won last week. Rodgers almost came back and brought them to victory. They were 2.6 yards per play advantage. You know, not that the public looks at that, but, you know, they lost a game when they had 2.6 yards advantage over the Vikings. Um, you know, everything says – that the Packers should be laying more points, and they're not. And the situation totally favors the Rams. Uh, like you mentioned, they're going, they're coming out of a bye off of two losses. That the Packers are going into a bye, and they have a two and a half game lead in the division, while the Rams are a game and a half behind Arizona. So they are certainly the, the team that is more urgent. They're the team that needs this game more. Um, they had more time to prepare. And I mentioned previously about Odell Beckham and how it was an inconsequential pickup for them. It's not now. I mean. They need him to be something for that team. Um, I, I don't, do I think it moves the line? Probably not, but this is certainly it's not insignificant either. And, and something else that's not insignificant is the loss of Aaron Jones. Uh, A.J. Dillon is a great 1B, but being the sole lead back and not having anybody else to take that 1B spot, I, I think is going to be a, trouble, a, a troubling situation for the Packers. I, I do think it's going to be a close game. Um, I, I could totally see myself teasing this up. I, I don't see myself taking it at the current number. If it stays minus one or plus one, whatever way you're looking at it, I, I would lay off of it. Right now, I lean the Rams. I want to go on the Rams, just not at this current number. You brought up a good point about Odell on the line. They're probably not moving. But I think that coming off of the bye, there's going to be you know more preparation to get him involved because he has to be involved at this point. Now, I think one way or another, if Odell doesn't work out here in L.A., you know, with this particular team, I think he knows that, you know, the big contracts are over with and he's just going to be a journeyman wide receiver, you know, the rest of his career. And he's basically, you know, one more injury from, uh, you know, end up being a number three guy who, you know, we, we all, you know, quickly forget about. So I, I don't want to say he moves the line, but I think he probably moves the line a little bit in this particular game because, of the bye week, of the importance that um, he's going to be relied upon 
you know, to go ahead and go out there and produce, you know, something. And I'm sure, you know, with a quarterback like Stafford, um, that they're going to have some plays drawn up for him that, you know, that they worked on really hard. You know, he was thrown in the mix, you know, going into the game against San Francisco. So um, he does move the line a little bit for me, surprisingly, which normally I would never say Odell does. But I think in this particular situation, he might. But that'll wrap up the podcast, guys. Good stuff from from Uncle Dave and Steve. Uh, seemed like we had a lot of agreement here, and I don't think it was uh, I don't think it was uh, any type of uh, square agreement. I felt like we talked through these games, and a lot of us landed on the right side. Uh, I would predict that we're going to have a good uh, outcome with all of our wagers for this week, and hopefully you guys do as well. Hopefully you guys have a very good, happy, safe Thanksgiving. Uh, with that said, you guys know where to find us on Twitter, SleepyJ underscore pregame, Dave underscore Essler. Avoid the vague. You guys can find Steve uh, also at thebettingpredators.com. And you can get Uncle Dave and myself at the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. With that said, I'd like to wish you guys all the best of luck for NFL week number 12. Enjoy the games. <laughs>